Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Thank you. And good morning to all those that are on the live stream. We have a lot of folks that write us and contact us about uh, being a part of our family uh, through the uh, Internet. So uh, we're grateful that you've uh, uh, taken advantage of that also. Al, good morning. Good morning. Glad we look nice. We look good, don't we? You know, it's weird because in the old days, oh, listen, yeah. applause. I've never complimented myself and got applause before. That's, <laughs> yeah, used to, you know, we, you'd wear a suit and people expected it. And now when you wear it, you get all this. Oh, yeah. Who died? Who and, died? Uh, what funeral are you doing? Are you doing a wedding? I told one guy earlier, I said, that, no, but if you go, I'm ready. If you are. <laughs> We're just so. trying to look like Randy Kirby. Uh, that's all we're trying to do. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we're excited about this new series, uh, World Link. Uh, you know, uh, October the 16th is our mission day, and as most of you know, uh, and, and please, those who listen online, we want you to participate too and be a part of this. Um, we uh, take one uh, Sunday out of the year, and we give the entire giving that day to missions. Because uh, we want to see the gospel go to all the world. And so this series will end up on that day in October. And so I want you to be praying about that and be planning ahead about what we can uh, do, what you can give, how we can participate in making sure the gospel gets to the whole world. So WorldLink uh, is how we're going to kick this thing off. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about missions is that it ties us together and it makes planet Earth uh, you know, a much smaller place because the body of Christ is spread out all over this globe and our headquarters is in heaven. Jesus is our king and he says he's going to come back. And when he comes back, there's going to be a church here to greet him. And then there's going to be a resurrection. It's going to be pretty exciting times. That's what we're all about. And this kickoff uh, for this series uh, is about us finding ways to continue to preach that message because what joins us together Everywhere in the world is our love for God, our love for one another, and our commitment and dedication to the story of Christ. And that's been a part of our DNA here at WFR for certainly the 40-plus years I've been here and really since this church was founded in this spot. We're a unique, blended group of people together where everybody matters. And we think about all the different functions and gifts that are just recognized when we're all together. But just think about how powerful that is when it's out there, when it's in the stream, when it's in West Monroe or it's in wherever you come in from and work at and all the different places, everywhere you go to do relief work. What a blessing to be the family of God. So our commitment is to get that story that changed our lives uh, out to as many people as possible. And look, uh, 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 that, that starts... Right here, uh, with folks sitting, sitting right here in this audience. It starts with us recognizing how God's blessed us, recognizing that story that's changed our life, and start being conscious of sharing that story with other people. We want folks to find the hope that we found. You know, the last thing Jesus said before he took off without a rocket booster uh, and left the planet, he told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in three places, he mentions. In Jerusalem, which is where they were in the moment. Judea and Samaria, which was the surrounding area, which of course they knew well. And to the ends of the earth. Today, 
Here we sit, West Monroe, and all the people watching us from wherever they are, ends of the earth, still preaching the same message. Isn't that exciting? I mean, to know that we're a part of that. And by the way, when I say, isn't that exciting, you're supposed to say yes or amen or something. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Uh, this is our third time to do this, so I'm expecting some really big things to happen on the third time of charm, all right? Um, but, you know, we look back. How many of you here today have been either come to Christ or just come to the WFR Church family in the last five years? Five years or less. How many of you here? All right, quite a few people. All right, yeah, that deserves some applause. So I should introduce myself because that's how long I've been gone is five years. Can you believe that? I used to work here, by the way, for you new people. Uh, I worked here with Mike for many, many years, but we've shared so much in our own Jerusalem. It's always been our first love to spread the gospel here. And so Mike and I were looking back at some of the different ministries that we've had here. How many of you remember Let the Bible Speak? The television show. Wow, pretty good. Oh, there you go. All the old folks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Including me. (laughs) I was a kid. Uh, But yeah, that was one of our first uh, local outreaches. It was done because we wanted this community and those that would, I think it was on KNOE, I'm not sure. But when they watched it, we wanted them to know we were people of the Bible and that Bible things matter. And so what a great idea. What a great thing to be known for. Uh, and I'm still glad that we did that all those years ago. And what about the pink buses? How many of you remember the pink buses? Okay, how many of you ever rode on the pink buses? You got there. You go. Yeah. You know uh, uh, the uh, uh, they were. I'm not sure how they got it out. How do you think they got about choosing pink? Well, it was because it was a happy color. Uh, is what I heard. Because, you know, if they had just done it school bus style, you think about it, you're going to pick up kids, a school bus on Sunday, everybody's scattering to the hills, right? No, nobody's going to go to school. So they said pink is the color. And they literally, for those of you who never saw them, they looked like Pepto-Bismol on a bus. That's what they were. Uh, and, by the way, I was an assistant captain on my bus. Well, you were high up. I was high up. Yeah, uh, I was 10 years old. Uh, and I loved it because when we first came to White's Ferry Road, that was what they came, picked us up in the apartments. They brought us here to White's Ferry Road. It was an awesome thing. And many people have come to know the Lord through the bus ministry. Yeah, you know, I remember Ricky Hayes uh, rode the bus and then was converted and then became a, uh, a member here, went to our school uh, of preaching. And then Ricky went on to a married girl that was raised here, Denise. And they planted a church in the middle of the Amazon in Manaus, Brazil. And grew that thing from nothing to several hundred people and brought to the Lord. And so you never know what That's those right. ministries do and how they end up uh, reaching out to people. After pink buses, of course, the 80s and 90s, it was evangelistic small groups. We call them everything, Bible talk, soul talk, cottage meetings. They all had different names, but it's the same thing we're talking about even now. Now it's group link. Or what, is that what it is? Group, group link. link. Yeah, it's always, we've got to rebrand it, right? But it's the same thing. It's people getting together. It's people sharing Jesus. It's being involved in other people's lives. Somebody's marriage is in trouble. And so we got people there to help out. That's, that's what it is. That's what Christianity is. And it starts here. Of course, now we've got CR and food bank and all the community support groups like divorce care and, and grief share and all these different ways of trying to help our community be better. And what a blessing that we get the opportunity to do that. And all those come from one thing. They all come from the same thing that says, okay, we've got found the message of Jesus, and we want to make sure it gets out to as many people as possible 
while we're here on this old planet. We want to see people brought to the Lord. Church is not about pleasing us when we come. It's about pleasing God as we go. Got it? It's not about our seating capacity. It's about our sending capacity. So we have to keep focused. so easy, I think, for churches to get out of focus and to, 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 to just get wrapped up in other things that take us away from what we really need to be doing. And so a uh, 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 missions uh, series, this whole series is about making sure we keep our focus and, and, and keep, keep in line what we really want to accomplish. And that means having a kingdom vision for whatever we're, or, or whatever we're doing and whatever we're involved in. You know, and it's not just here. It's not just our Jerusalem, West Monroe, Washtenaw Parish. But it's also Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And planted in me from when I was a boy here at WFR was this love for wanting the whole globe to know Jesus. I mean, that's what Royal Radio, you know, every language, everyone hear the gospel in their own language. And that's happening. As, as we're here today, 100, over 100 nations, been to, what, 260 uh, speakers, 50-something different languages, that's happening because of our mission and our heart for people. A relief work, you saw that. It's going on all over. Sometimes it's right here in our own backyard. Sometimes it's down south. Sometimes it's overseas. I meet people like Isaac Day or Larry and Kathy who were here this past Wednesday night. What an inspiring story if you were here to hear them about how we're going to reach Islam. And that's because when Muslims are running from other Muslims... For the first time, there may be some listening to see what this Christianity thing is all about. What a fantastic thing to be a part of. In the dangerous world that we live in today, the only thing that's going to change it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that. There aren't political fixes. they are spiritual fixes. So Jesus left us this whenever he left and went back to heaven. And we're still doing it to this very day. You remember he told the disciples in Matthew chapter 28 with the Great Commission? He said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all ethnic people. That's what that actually means. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So the four pillars that we look at as part of our link to the world start with our purpose. And our purpose here has always been to rescue and disciple from the very beginning. And, and praise God for that. That a story of a changed life told to another person who has an opportunity to change their life. That's, that's it. That's our DNA. And then to teach them how to go and do that and train others to do the very same thing. You see, I think people, churches many times are like people. They forget. They forget what their purpose is. Peace and prosperity and good times and, you know, turn into just being more of a country club setting instead of on a footing of war. The persecution that we're now beginning to see aimed at the church, aimed at you and me in our country and in our culture, that's going to that's gonna magnify and that's going to light the church on fire probably in a way we haven't seen in our lifetimes. You know why? Because we got to. We have to. We're called to. And so more than ever, we're called to have what I call a 911 personality. And that is when other people are running out and away from a situation, we're going to be running in. That's what Christ has called us to. You are the first responders. This, this church, this family, we're the first responders. And we're out there, as the New Testament writer said, snatching men out of the fire That's right. with the good news of the gospel. That's what it does. 
And so God desires to use all of us to make sure that happens. And every one of us is needed to make that happen. But our job and our purpose for existing, for being here, is not to please ourselves. We always have that battle to get what I want to do in harmony with what God wants me doing, right? I mean, that's a battle inside of all of us. But church is not about pleasing me. Church is about me pleasing God and getting that good news out that brings other people to find the hope that I found. Because I've been rescued, I want to see so many other people be rescued. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater. I've been in great worship services. I've I've been in great seminars. I've been in great motivational type things. There's nothing motivates me like thinking somehow or another I got to be used in the process of someone moving from being dead to being alive. Now that, that should motivate us. And that's what rescue is all about. But we don't just rescue people. The discipleship has to take place too. You know, and discipleship is following Christ, first and foremost. You know, we, we use terminology, we'll say, well, we, have, you know, we need to do some leadership training. You know, when Jesus called those first 12 in, he didn't say anything about them being leaders. He said, you need to be a follower. You need to follow me around. And you need to watch me. And you do what I do. That's what leadership is. Disciples who follow the Lord's command and his example. That's who we want to be like. And that's why leadership can get off so badly. You get your eyes off of Jesus, that's what happens. Then you start making up your own rules. This has happened time and time again, unfortunately. So this is one of our principles. This is one of our pillars. The second one is what do we stand for? And that's truth in the Word of God. It's so crucial to be men and women of truth. I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I never thought that I would see the assault on truth that I'm seeing in our, in our country and in our culture. I mean, you talk about get off base. We've got a national debate going on about who goes in what bathroom. Are you kidding me? Well, Al, you know, it's a complex issue. There's nothing complex about that. It's very simple. And yet, this is what happens when the further you move away from truth. We've been here for over 350 years since the first people came across and and started here. They started on biblical truth. And we've got 350 years of good example to follow. Just because many want to leave that now doesn't mean that truth is not still truth. And we have to be men and women who reflect that truth. And to do that, we've got to be people of the Word of God. And don't, you know, no embarrassment, shame. Well, you know, you can't say that. Sure you can. It's true. It's right. And it's who we should be. So that has to be the core of our principles, uh, is being truth and Word of God. You know, I love being brought up in the restoration movement within the Churches of Christ, Christian Church, that, because that one of the things that got emphasized to me from a little kid going to Bible class uh, that if you find it in the Bible, you believe it. I mean, that's, that's what you hang on to, and that's something you can stand on, and that's where you find truth, and, that's, and as you apply those things to your life, they'll make a difference in your life. And so I'm, I'm so appreciative of past leadership in this church who set the bar for saying, look, we're going to study anything and everything, and we'll dig and we'll turn things over, and we have a great heart to search for what is true. And that has to continue to be here. And I've said it before, look, I'm so glad that grace not only covers my bad behavior, but it covers my bad theology because I've got a lot to learn. Uh, and I, uh, but this right here is where I learn it. 
Uh, our culture will not teach us how to live holy. Only God's Word will bring that about in our lives. And we have to figure out ways to be able to do that and connect to a generation that's probably not going to just come in here and listen like most of us did. We've got to find a way to get it out there where they are. And so that's going to take some thinking outside the box. I mean, you know, I'm 51 years old. Wow. Can you believe it? (laughs) And... My mindset always, oh, Al's the kid, you know, because it was because Carl and Bill and old guys like Kellett were around and they were the kids. I'm 51 years old. The only people who think you're a kid when you're 51 is people that are 80 and, and beyond. <laughs> That's the only time you're a kid. So I, I don't always know how the best way to impact people on a, on a college campus, but I know they got to get it. And we feel like we're in a minority now, and we are. But you know what? That means there were missionaries. That means we got to make a difference. You remember in the book of Daniel, when Daniel and his three friends, they, tra- they changed their names. They tried to change their diet. They tried to change their worship. But they didn't. They stood their ground. Why? Because it was right and true. And so even though they had a different name, they never lost their identity as men of God. So they go into a pit with lions. No problem. We're God's guys. We go into a fiery furnace, no problem. We're God's guys. We have to be willing to stand for truth and figure out ways to get that truth into the ears and hearts of our people. If not, we all know what's going to happen. This civilization will crumble. Now, we're going to heaven. We're citizens of another country. We know our reward. So we're like, we we get it. But think about all the millions who don't know. And they don't have a clue. We have to be willing to share truth. And what somebody said that you have to be willing to drink water, uh, living water out of a cup that's, that probably you would never want to touch. That's what happens when you get in communion with people. You try to make a difference. You know, so where do we get the power to do that from? We must be a people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit and we're empowered by prayer. Uh, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going, I'm going to leave and, I'm, uh, uh, and go, but I'm going to send someone to stay with you. He's the comforter. He's the Holy Spirit. And he lives in all of us. And so it's his guidance and it's, and it's, his, it's his desire to take us, to make us, to mold us to look more like Jesus. Our power comes from that. And it comes from prayer. And when the, when the church was launched in the book of Acts, remember that in Acts chapter 1? People all gathered up in an upper room, men and women together, and they're praying. And in Acts chapter 2, the gospel gets preached, and there's 3,000 soaking wet people after that, right? As as they're baptized into Christ, and and they're starting to go out into the world. And and then in Acts chapter 4, they're persecuted, and they they beg the brothers, and the brothers gather around, and they pray for them again. And boldness comes about because of that prayer, and the house shakes. And then on and on, every time you start seeing through the book of Acts, as the church grows, Remember, you just read the book of Acts sometime and underline or highlight every time you come across the word resurrection or risen, you'll see the heart of the message. And then you start underlining every time they gathered and prayed and you'll see the empowerment of the people. Because they depended on God and they begged God as that thing exploded to take the gospel to the whole world. We have to be those kind of people. And we can't, uh, we can't do it by not communing with God and the Holy Spirit. That's what prayer does. As married couple, as a family, as an individual, 
I was in Dallas last week, and Ravi Zacharias was there. He was one of my, you know, spiritual heroes, great apologist, just doesn't waste a word. You know, just you, just, you sit and listen. It's awesome. And he said something that really convicted me. He said, you know, I wake up every morning, and like all of you do, I'm sure, I, you know, the first thing I do is go to my knees and spend that commune time with God. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't do that every day. Why? Well, you know, I'm busy. I got this. Really? Too busy to start the day by seeing how the Holy Spirit's going to use me today? Or be a blessing in my family? Apparently. Because I don't. But I'm convicted now that that's the way I'm going to start every single day. Because the Holy Spirit has to be invited to then bear some fruit in my life. But if I don't tap into the power of God, I'm powerless. So I hope you're encouraged to do the same thing. The last thing is the most important thing, and that's what it's all about, is people. That is the last pillar of why we do what we do. Bill Smith was the first person I ever heard use the term forever family, and I love it because it's what we are. And that means no matter where we are in the world, we're always there to depend on each other. We were in Alaska a couple of weeks ago, and a couple that's not here now but has, has moved away. We're having some trouble and some problems, and guess, guess what? Someone connected us to be able to have a conversation. Why? Because we're family. Because when somebody's hurting, it takes family to be able to step in. Families fuss and fight sometimes. I know mine do. We have a television show. You can see it. You can watch it anytime you want to. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we love each other. We're there for each other. That's what we are, and that's what we're called to. The body of Christ is the hands, the feet, the mouth, the heartbeat of Jesus Christ on earth. What a calling. What a noble thing for us to be a part of. I don't know about you, but I feel very blessed to have the mission that I have. And look, everybody in this body is important. The Bible says every member... Regardless of what particular job you have, whether it's whether you're a Bible class teacher or a greeter at the door or whether you're working, uh, sharing the food on Friday nights or, or, or leading a group or just hosting your house, regardless of what you do, every person in, listen, every person in this church is important. I think there's a tendency sometimes for us to say when someone's having some struggle or especially if it's somebody that's kind of consistent gripe or whatever, somebody will kind of say, well, you know, we'd be better off without them. No, we wouldn't. We'd be better off with them with a good attitude using their talent within the body of Christ. You're right. important. We need you. Yeah. We need you. And I think it's so easy for us to forget that there, there are different parts. There are hands. There are feet. There are, look, everybody needs to plug in. Uh, we talked about that and why it's so important to be a, being a part of a group and, and, the, and the need that that does to help us grow. You and I are the body of Christ. And whatever Jesus was busy doing in his body when he was here on earth is what we should be busy doing as the body of a church while we're here on earth. That's right. It's the same thing. We're just wanting to be Jesus to a group of people who need him more than they need the next breath of fresh air. That's right. You can go to a hundred different churches and you can find whatever you want 
at a variety of them. But I'm going to tell you something. If the gospel is not the core, stay away from it. If the gospel isn't the main purpose, then you find one that is. That's what we have to be, and we have to multiply that out to the world. It's not about what we do in here. It's about what we take out of here to the lives of other people. It's not about our seeding capacity. It's about our sending capacity. It's about getting people full of hope who have no hope at all. And that's what the gospel did for you. Remember when you were baptized? Do you remember that? Remember what it felt like when you went down to the water and you came up? You were nervous that night when you responded. And yet you knew you did what God called you to do. Remember that? Don't ever forget what it was like to be cleansed from your past sins. And you get to bring that same rescue to not only our area and our families, but around the world through the work of this group right here in this room. So we encourage you today, if you're not a Christian, you've never obeyed the gospel, maybe this is the first time you've heard anything about it, Uh, or maybe someone's been sharing with you and you're ready to make that step, there's no better day than today. The water behind me is ready for you, for you to make a commitment to Christ first by believing who he is, that he did what he said he was going to do, and that now he will be here for you to mediate for every sin you ever commit. That's the difference. We have confidence now because in heaven, next to the Father, is a hybrid God-human being, Jesus Christ, speaking for you and speaking for me. What a blessing. You know what? He said, I won't leave you there. I'm coming back. I have a feeling, and a lot of people are saying this, because of the way things seem to be going, that may be sooner rather than later. So we need to be ready. And if you're not ready for that moment, you need to respond today. Or maybe you just need a recommitment. I know I was challenged this week. I doubled down. I said, Al, you can do better. Godly, spiritual people that I was around challenged me to do better. And so I make that same vow. I'm telling you that today. That Christ is going to be my king and I'm going to stay on point and on mission. You have that opportunity as well. If you have a need, why don't you come while we stand and while we sing?